Are you looking for ways to reconnect with your kids and refresh yourself as a mom? That's today's topic on the Dorenda Wilson podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace. You can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can also find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. If you're interested in receiving a free digital download of the devotional that I wrote to go specifically a company, the four-hour school day. Um, You can do that simply by subscribing to my monthly email newsletter. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to do that. Also, I wanted to let you know that if you're in California, Northern California, I am going to be there on July 21st and 22nd for the Northern California Homeschool Convention. Um, I'm really excited about this. Um, This is just a bit north of Sacramento in Rockland. I will leave a link in the show notes. I'd love to be able to meet you in person. So um, also, I am going to be at another small event while I'm up in Washington State in Prosser, Washington. I'm actually there... um, was planning to visit family and friends. And my sister-in-law said, hey, would you be willing to, you know, speak uh, at a small event at our uh, barn? They have a barn. My brother and his wife have a barn and they hold events there. And um, anyway, they have 11 kids. They have homeschooled from the beginning. So I said, absolutely, I would love to do that. So I will be speaking as well as um, another speaker that's local there. So I hope you'll check that out as well. It's called Schooling at Home Symposium. And again, that is in Prosser, Washington. I'm not sure if I mentioned the town or not. It is near the Tri-Cities. I will leave a link in the show notes so you can follow that and check it out. I'd love to see you there. Lastly, I just want to share real quickly a great math resource for homeschool moms. Um, I just got this uh, recent testimony from a mom who now has her son on CTC Math. She said he is my oldest of five and he loves it. He told me he likes that he can move on faster than our previous material allowed. This has also freed me up for 20 minutes more uh, that she can spend, this mom can spend focus time with her two and three-year-olds. She says, this is fantastic. Thank you for telling your podcast listeners about CTC Math. I can already tell this will be very helpful for us. So if you're wanting to check that out, CTC Math offers a free trial. I'll leave a link in the show notes to ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. All right. So I recently had a mom reach out to me and I just thought this was such a good question for this time of year. She talked with me or just explained to me that she really wants to spend the summer reconnecting with her kids, having fun, kind of getting away from the teacher hat and more uh, wearing more of the mom hat, um, even doing some soul care um, as a mom. And one of the ways that she is doing that is she is avoiding podcasts 
or posts or books that have to do with homeschooling. So she's being really intentional about making her summer different than the rest of the year. And, you know, some of us school throughout the year. I know that's what we did, but it was very minimal in the summer. So summer did look different for us as well. I think it's important for us to have a break at some point. Again, every homeschooling family does it differently, and that is absolutely fine. You should do what works for you. But I think it can be really easy to have our school years sort of run together. And I think this mom has the right idea about taking this time and doing something different because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're investing for the next school year. So one of the things that I would highly recommend is to make uh, to be intentional about making summer a time of reconnecting. So it can be really easy to fall into the trap of trying to be teacher first instead of mom. And this is something I encourage moms to do year round, like nurture from your mom heart first and the teaching will happen naturally. But like I said, it's easy to fall into that trap and summer is a great time to just be intentional about reversing this. Um one of the things that she mentioned in her letter that I thought was really good, she said, you know, she didn't she didn't use the word soul care, but basically she needed some refreshing herself as well. How can she unplug is, is I think the term that she used. And of course, immediately what pops into mind is stay off social media. Like make, let yourself be on a bit of a fast from phones, from information. I think we definitely live in an age of overload or information overload. And I think it really begins to affect us um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, I know for me, my attention span is far less than it used to be, I feel like, when it comes to reading and things like that, because phones are just so easy to pick up and look for answers or just we're just used to quick, 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 quick information. And it's so good to slow our minds and our bodies down. Um, in fact, this week I have committed to... Um, try to spend some time just reading a book for enjoyment. So I tend to read a lot of, um, oh gosh, sometimes books on theology, but a lot of things that are more like, um, they're, they're nonfiction. And I think that sometimes it's good to change things up. So that's one of the things that I'm doing is I have picked up Anne of Green Gables and I have started reading that every night before bed. Um, I'm kind of doing this little experiment and it's, it's really just being intentional about taking in only things as much as possible that are beautiful and good and, you know, just that beauty, that goodness, that wonder that we sort of lose as an adult I believe that God really does want us to be engaged in that kind of thinking. In his scripture, in the scripture, he says, you know, keep your mind on things that are good and pure and lovely and of good report. And I realized, you know, it's really easy to get bogged down with the negativity that's going on in the world. It's true. There are a lot of bad things going on. And unfortunately, we are more aware of them 
uh, now than we ever have been. And so I think that's why it's important for us to be intentional about maybe backing away from that and being intentional about what we're taking in. Because, you know, every day, moms, we are sowing and, and eventually we're going to reap. Okay, so every day we plant seeds. What kind of seeds are we planting in our children, in our own souls? And and I think this is something that the Lord brought to my mind years ago. Um, just to remember that, you know, the word says... Um, basically, God will not be mocked, that a, a man reaps what he sows. So it's a concept and a principle that we cannot get away from, whether we're a believer or an unbeliever. That concept of sowing and reaping is very, very real. And when you think about that in terms of just your daily life, it's a great question to ask ourselves as we step back and look at how am I investing? So as we're talking about summer and we're talking about maybe investing well this summer, um, because there's still quite a bit of it left, let's be intentional about making summer a time of reconnecting and refreshing. Now, some things that I would suggest, some books that I would suggest, and I'll leave links in the show notes, um, books on rest. Those are always ones that I'm always drawn to. And there's some some that I have just read in the last several years that I have really enjoyed. And so I'm going to throw those out as ideas for you. Uh, Choosing Rest by Sally Breedlove. Um, I absolutely love what she has written in this book. Now, she is a, um, I believe she's been a pastor. So that is something that I don't think is biblically okay, but... Again, a lot of times we we read things and we have to look at them and ask for wisdom and chew up the meat and spit out the bones. So far, as far as I've gotten in the book, I haven't seen anything questionable so far. And so I can I can recommend it to the point that I've read it, <laughs> which isn't all the way through, but I really think um, she's on the right track. I really think she has some very good things to say. So um, that's one I would recommend. Also, Sabbath Rest by Mark Buchanan excellent book, Um, An Unhurried Life by Alan Fadling, and uh, the book that I've mentioned several times called uh, Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. Um, And he was actually a, a shepherd in the Middle East. So the very setting that David is speaking from in Psalm 23, so he gives just a bunch of wisdom and insight into into what a shepherd's life and that relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is like in really, really deep detail. And it gives you such a beautiful picture of how God shepherds us. And, you know, as moms, we shepherd our children as well. And so I think it's important that we have... um, we can get maybe a clearer perspective on what, how the great shepherd shepherds us so that we can better shepherd our children. So that's another possible book. Um, the last one I want to mention is one that I actually did a podcast episode on, two podcast episodes on with the author, Shona Murray. It's a book called Refresh, and I read this book a little over a year ago, and I can't recommend it enough for just stepping back and looking at our lives and eliminating the things that aren't potentially really serving us well in terms of leading us in a good direction. It is so easy to get overwhelmed, to busy ourselves, to pack our schedules and lose our souls in the process and lose that that 
connection with God. So we want to make sure that we are paying attention to that um, and, and again, using summer as an opportunity to maybe just um, do some soul care. So this book that I'm, I mentioned, I did two podcast episodes with the um, author and they were so good. So I will leave a link in the show notes as well because I think that it's always great to hear from the author as well. So and then you can have a choice as to how you want to get some of the information. The book is of course more thorough than the podcasts are, but um, there's good stuff in both. So again, that book is called Refresh by Shona Murray, and I will include a link in the show notes um, that make it easy for you to find all of these. All right, so another suggestion that I'm going to make when it comes to uh, being intentional with our summer. Again, we are we want it to be a time of soul care for us, but also reconnecting with our kids. Now, I don't know about you, but there was something about reconnecting with my kids that actually did feed my soul and does feed my soul um, as a mom. And so I think that that to think that Spending time with our kids and reconnecting with them has nothing to do with our own soul care is actually a mistake uh, that we can make that I think the culture may have an influence on that. We're thinking you can only um, do soul care outside of, you know, away from your children. And that simply isn't true. I have found spending relaxed time with my kids was just as good for me as it was for them. So some of the things that I, I tried to do during the summer was to keep a lot of extra margin in our days um, and then change some things up in the daily routine. So instead of filling our days with a different kind of busyness, which is what we can be tempted to do, um, we need to be maybe intentional about embracing what they would call the lazy days of summer. Now, if you've, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, that was a real thing. Um, we just didn't do as much. We spent more time just sort of laying around. It's hot a lot of times, depending on where you're living. And so that can really slow you down as well. And I think that's a that's intentional. I think the Lord intended that. So giving our kids and ourselves extra margin to just experience those lazy days of summer, which also meant that my kids had more self-directed play. So I may have them do a little bit of math a couple days a week, um, you know, morning or afternoon, depending on the day. Um, But for the most part, they had lots of extra time to be creative, to play together, to be outside, um, And I think spending time, lots of time outside is so important. It's so healthy for us, for our kids in so many different ways. Um, All you have to do is get on a thousand hours outside podcast and you will find all kinds of great information there about the benefits of being outside. But, you know, there's things that we can just do with our kids that are so simple. And I think that's one thing I really want to emphasize is this idea that we have to spend a bunch of money. We have to, you know, uh, be super busy in order to really have a good summer is simply not true. In fact, I think the opposite is, is true. The simplicity of things like laying on the grass at night and watching, you're right at sunset and then watching the stars come out and just laying there talking and paying attention to things and just letting there be 
quiet moments, letting there be long pauses in the conversation, um, doing things that engage all the senses, sight, sound, smell, and feel. You know, if you ask your kids what their favorite summer activities are, um, it is amazing. Sometimes I, I've been surprised by what they've told me. I often would think it was the bigger things. It was maybe the things we spent more money on. But what I found to be true is that our kids really loved the simple things, the things that engage their their senses. Um, so I think I would encourage you to ask your kids, like, what's the what what were the best memories of last summer, and or summers before that. And, um, you know, and then maybe plan accordingly, you know, obviously still keeping margin in your days, but remembering that at the end of the day, what I want for my kids is for them to be able to do the things that seem to really resonate with them in terms of summer activities. So, you know, there's things that we, we do during the summer that are different, even the ways that we cook a lot of times, it's very different. And my kids have great memories of like taco salad and making homemade ice cream and um, gosh, just going to uh, local farms and picking fruit or vegetables. Um, We had a garden, so a lot of our vegetables were there. Um, But sometimes we didn't have certain ones, but mainly we would go in order to just pick copious amounts of strawberries and freeze them, copious amounts of blueberries, but we would always plan something fun afterwards. Now, where we lived, it was hot in the summer, in the afternoon, but the mornings, the nighttime and the mornings were cool. So we would take advantage of that time to either work outside in our yard or in our garden or go pick berries or whatever. And then we would come back home and, um, you know, eat lunch and hang out if we'd been out already. But if we just worked in the garden or been outside, the kids looked forward to two to three days a week that at lunchtime, we would head down to the local park. They served a lunch there to anybody who wanted to come. And it was not a healthy lunch, but I figured a couple days a week wasn't going to hurt them. And so they would take the peanut butter and jelly, um, what do you call those uh, those sandwiches? Um, I can't remember what they're called. My kids remember, but I'll get it here in just a minute. Let's see. What did they say? Um, Uncrustables. That's, yeah, terrible. Not healthy at all. But you know, you just got to live a little sometimes. Um, it was mainly that they enjoyed it. It was fun. It was something they looked forward to. They knew it was not the rule, but the exception that they got to eat this kind of stuff and we just I just let them enjoy it. And once they ate lunch, we would walk down to this river. Um, it was called the Little Spokane River and it was more like a big creek. There were only a couple of deep parts. And so I would be careful to watch to make sure no one went under in those deep parts. Um, so I sort of planted myself on the grass on a blanket just to kind of watch. But you know, moms, I would lay there and I would just close my eyes, um, obviously watching <laughs> in case anybody got near the deeper part, but it wasn't very, it wasn't very big. So, it, and as our kids got older, it was less dangerous. It wasn't a big deal because they knew how to swim. But I would often close my eyes and just listen to their voices, listen to them playing and talking and splashing. And they would bring, you know, rubber, um, what do you call those little inner tube things down there? They would, they, one, they had one, um, one thing that they loved to bring down there. It was like a half of a, 
50-gallon plastic barrel, and they would sit in that thing and take the oars from another little blow-up boat we had, and they would try to make it down that creek. They would go up the creek a little bit, and they would try to make it down without falling over, which took a lot of core muscles and balance and coordination. Oh my goodness, those kids had so much fun. So if we went out to pick berries, sometimes we would go places where there was um, a a local place to swim. Uh, The place where we picked blueberries was up in Idaho and we would go there and then we would go to a place called the Mud Hole and um, just absolutely loved it. It was like this part of the river that, of a big river that came in to create like a swimming hole. And so it was, it had a sandy beach. So we'd pack our lunch, we'd go pick all those blueberries and tuck them away. And then we would go and swim. And you know, these are the things that our kids remember. Um, When we were done with the heat and done out there, we would come in and uh, we would go home and we would just you know, take a rest in the AC. Sometimes that's when they would read or, um, you know, if, if we'd been busy that morning, the kids who were doing math, if they were not too sleepy or whatever, I would say, go ahead and do a math lesson. Um, or play math games on the computer. Sometimes, you know, for me, I felt like if my kids didn't do a little bit of math every week, that then I did not want to do the review in the fall and neither did they. Now, some families are great with it, wonderful. But for me, this was just a really good way to keep my kids sort of kind of plodding forward without any push and without it feeling like a regular school year. Um, uh, We would, again, fix special summer foods, make homemade lemonade together, ice cream. Uh, We used to make cucumber sandwiches. So a little bit of cream cheese on some bread with uh, sliced cucumber, cut up watermelon, You know, one of the things you can do as well is kind of just revisit your memories of what was, what were the best parts of summer for you as a kid? Share those memories with your kids, your, your childhood summers, you know, maybe when you're laying there waiting for the sun to set and for the stars to come out, tell them stories. Or when you're sitting around the fire pit, we did that a lot. We would do, um, as healthy hot dogs as we could find and s'mores. We would do that at the end of the day. And especially if we'd done some work that day, um, worked a lot in the garden or something, we just always tried to have a fun thing planned that was simple and not expensive. And, you know, to this day, our kids love to sit around the fire pit together and tell stories and retell stories from their past. You know, This used to be the way that families passed on their family history is they actually just sat around and told stories. They didn't have TV. Many of them didn't have books. And so they would pass these family stories on. I mean, have you ever told your kids how you came to know the Lord? Have you ever told your kids your dating story with your spouse, like how you met, what what you did when you were dating, when you knew he was the right one, um, particularly uh, girls in their, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, they love to hear these stories. So, you know, talk about those things. Talk about the childhood summers and the things that you loved about summer and maybe even be able to revisit some of those memories with your kids in real life. I remember growing up, we had um, a neighbor, a farmer neighbor that um, were kind of like a grandma and grandpa to us and they made homemade ice cream. And so the recipe that I had 
I uh, I got the recipe from her and I did that same recipe with our kids while they were growing up and they absolutely loved it. Um, some of the thing, other things that my mom did was buy those little tiny boxes of cereal. I'm not sure why fun involves so many horrible foods, but <laughs> you know what? Again, it's not going to hurt them if it's the exception and not the rule, but we would buy those tiny boxes of cereal that come in a pack. My mom would, and that was kind of a special thing we only did when we went on vacation. So when our family would vacation, um, which actually while the kids were growing up, we did not do much of that because we couldn't afford it. But so sometimes if we knew we were going to staycation at home, I would buy those anyway. It's like, hey guys, this is our vacation week. And so we're going to have all the special food we would have if we were on vacation. And you know what? They didn't care. They loved it. They loved that we were still having it. Um, And so I would buy that for them. Our family used to get together at a place called Sun Lakes, and and my family did this for decades. And so this was aunts, uncles, cousins, grandma, grandpa, great grandma, and grandpa, um, as many of the extended family uh, as possible that could be there. And so we would try to take our kids to that every year, and they have wonderful memories of that. Um, those are wonderful traditions to start if you don't already have those. Um, and the thing that I loved about it is we always knew exactly when it was going to be. It was going to be, I can't remember exactly when it was, but something like the third full week in July every year. So you knew, block that out every year, make your reservations in January every year so that you were sure to have a place to stay. So that was one really fun thing that um, we did with our kids as well. Um, I snapped green beans on the porch with my mom. I did the same thing with our kids. Um, again, picking fruit at a local farm just spending a lot of time outside, really, really um, tried to do that. Lots of grilling, um, that kind of thing. Um, But I did ask our kids, our grown kids, what some of their favorite memories were from growing up. And a few of them uh, were able to respond before I needed to record this. And here's what they had to say. Um, Catching crawdads at the Little Spokane River, Sun Lakes, Airsoft. Our boys loved airsoft. They would gear up in all the camo and run outside in the woods and shoot each other. They thought it was the best thing ever. Um, they said going to Sandpoint and having pizza afterwards. Okay, so that was a, a, a thing that we did occasionally on Sundays. Um, we would um, go to church and then we would pack up. Sometimes we did skip church. I fully admit that. Um, but we would pack up a lunch and, and snacks and all that, and we would drive. It was about an hour drive um, to Lake Coeur d'Alene, and we would – no, Lake Ponderay. Sorry, wrong lake. Lake Ponderay, and we would – there was a wonderful beach there with sand, and, um, and it was just a nice lake. It was pretty chilly because it was a very deep lake, but the kids have great memories of just hanging out there for hours. Sometimes they would – older kids would bring their guitar. They would play. We would rest. We would talk. Um, sometimes we would walk into the little town and get some sorbet or some ice cream. But when we were done at the end of the day, around 4.35, we'd had enough sun and water and all that. And we would go to this place called Second Avenue Pizza. And they did wood-fired pizzas. So we could only afford to buy pizza for our family. We did not buy all the special soft drinks and all of that. So our kids would take the money that they earned if they wanted a special soft drink on that particular trip. They had to pay for it themselves. And so this is something that we did regularly with our kids um, because we were on a budget. And you know what? Our kids really learned the value of 
earning their own money and being able to buy those treats for themselves. I remember there was this place we went called The Ram and it was a local burger joint. Um, Sometimes at the end of a long work day, like maybe we had done a bunch of stuff outside and we were all tired and dinner wasn't ready or dinner was a flop. Um, my husband would say, let's just go to the Ram. And so we would go there. We would have burgers and fries. And sometimes the kids would get ice cream. Sometimes we just went there for ice cream instead of dinner. Um, and But we would offer them, we would make a few options available. You can have this, this, or this. Anything in addition to that, you have to pay for. And you know what? That absolutely was one of the best things we ever did with our kids. They definitely have an appreciation for being given something, but also earning and being able to get that extra thing for themselves. Okay, um, again, the same. Uh, this this kid said the same thing. Sun Lakes, going to the river, having uncrustable PB and J sandwiches, um, the Little Spokane River, which was um, near this park that we went to. Um, all to, it was all the same spot. Uh, those trips we did were definitely my favorite, blueberry picking and swimming afterwards. So you can hear that these things that we did as a family were not expensive. You know, I'm sure that there are a ton of other ideas out there. I just thought I'd share our experience and what summer looked like for us. Um, I think my encouragement to you um, just in wrapping up this episode would be, do what refreshes your family. Do what is a good fit for your family. And also as a mom, do what works well for you as a mom. And also don't forget that reconnecting with your kids can also be uh, refreshing to your soul as well. Don't forget to sit back and just listen to their voices, listen to them playing, listen to them, you know, just swimming and jumping in the water and Take it in, absorb it. It is actually balm for our souls as moms. Um, Whatever you decide to do, be sure to have good conversations with your kids in the midst of it. These are some of my greatest memories as being out in the garden, being the places that I mentioned, and just slowing down and talking with my kids, asking lots of questions, digging a little deeper uh, just to help reconnect us during this time. This is a, you know, it's a season in our life that will someday, uh, we'll move into a different season. Um, We don't need to be afraid of that, but I think it's wise to take the time to make the most of uh, these summer days with our kids. So I hope this was an encouragement to you. I'm just going to close in a quick word of prayer. Lord, I lift up these moms to you and ask that you would please just bless them. Every Um, household represented here, I ask that you would pour out a blessing on them, that you would use today's podcast to sort of spur on some ideas and inspiration for moms to um, just make sure that this summer is uh, refreshing for themselves and for their kids. I ask that you would help us to avoid the trap of busyness um, and to really pull back and just enjoy the simplicity of life with our kids, um, these moments with them, Lord. We thank you for giving us these children and we thank you for the opportunity to spend this time with them. In Jesus' name, amen. One last resource before we part ways. Are you concerned your child's current education won't give them the skills necessary to succeed in any area of life? 
consider homeschooling with classical conversations. By applying the classical Christian model of education, the classical conversations curriculum encourages students to learn how to learn and how to think for themselves so they can adapt to every challenge life throws at them. Join the over 50,000 families in 50 countries who have chosen to educate their children with classical conversations and visit classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. That's classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. Have a great day.